Welcome to the Live Your Heart Out podcast, a show for wild hearts, changemakers, and soulpreneurs. Together, we dive deep into the exploration of what it means to live a meaningful life. I'm your host, Connie Bozowski, and I hope you're ready to live your magic. So today, I'm super happy to talk to Courtney Baker, uh, who is an online business coach for life and wellness coaches. And you've been at this for quite a while. Um, I think about 10 years is what I read. Uh, and right now, you're sitting on the East Coast in the United States. And before I uh, share anything else about you, hi, Courtney. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And yeah, I guess the first question that I always ask my guests is just, what's your story? What's your, what's your hero's journey? Um, how did you get to where you are today? Um, how did you end up being a, being a business coach? And you've been doing this for so long. I'm sure you've uh, bit of a bit of a story to share with us. Yeah. Where'd you come from? Where did I come from? So I actually grew up um, outside of Boston. So I'm in New Hampshire. And so I'm living in the same state where I grew up, even though I've left quite a few times. Mm -hmm. But I originally started like small town girl, didn't have any idea of like entrepreneurship or starting a business or really any idea of what I wanted in my future at all. And I was kind of just doing the classic, like go to school, go to college, get a job, but I didn't want any of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I just didn't know what was possible. And growing up in a small town, I just didn't feel accepted. I didn't feel like I was normal. Everybody else was like, just cool with doing life the way that everybody else was doing it. And I was like, I don't know what I want, but it's not this. <laughs> so I had a good life growing up, but I also wasn't like super, super happy or fulfilled or had a direction. I guess that's more of my, my story. And um, for a while I was like exploring myself. I was traveling. I moved away to California. I just was like, taking any hint of anything that seemed interesting and I would go for it and time and time again, I'd fail and it would just like be a disaster and blow up. So my hero's journey was a lot of like, Oh, let's try this fail. And then I'd come home and I'd be like, this was awful. What am I doing? And then I'd go out and try another thing and it would fail. And I'd come back home and be like, that was really bad too. What am I doing? So my hero's journey is like a repeat process of trying all of these different experiences in life and, whether it was a job or a location or dating or anything, really, I just kept trying and failing. Um, and then finally, after so many years, I kind of like finally figured out who I was and what I wanted to do. And I had been introduced, luckily, by a woman that I worked with that started a business online. And she kind of brought me into this whole coaching world. And I just had a natural ability and knack for marketing. Throughout those like 10 years of experimentation with life and business and all of that, it's kind of evolved into the point where I am now very happy, very secure. I have a direction and a successful business coaching other people. It's been a crazy journey. Of a lot of ups and downs, it sounds like. So share with yeah. us maybe a little bit of the the stuff that you tried out where you said, and then I came back home and then you felt like you had failed. Like, <laughs> what sort of stuff did you try out? Um, well, to start with, uh, not really like the successful, I guess it, it was a failure, but they're all lessons into what like built me to totally. who I am today. But at the 
old age of 16, I dropped out of high school Mm. and I thought, you know, I just wasn't focused. I was a smart kid, but I just was interested in anything other than being there. Like my (laughs) friends or like anything I could just like put my mind to. It just wasn't that. And so they were like, you're going to be here until you're like 21. And I was like, heck no, I'm not. See, Mm. I left. And what did your parents say to that? You know, they didn't say much at the time. They were pretty quiet. And I I almost wonder, I should ask them. I think it was because they just, it was either they were going to flip out and lose it on me, or it was just like, okay, it's done. You know, like legally they couldn't do anything about it. Mm. And, you know, they said they were like, if you're going to, you know, now be an adult, you need to go get a job. Or I had a job already, but like it was on the weekends, you know, outside of my school. And they were like, you need to work full time and you're an adult now and you can live with us, but you need to pay your bills. Mm. And so I went and got a job and I was like, wow, this sucks. This <laughs> I was cleaning in a hospital um, oh, yeah. with like women that were like 50 years old who were miserable too. And I was like, mm. what is life? Like, this is not life. So my first experiment was like, let's be an adult at 16 because <laughs> high school sucks. And that sucked. So I decided, and this is still like in my small town, and I decided I wanted to go live in a city. So Boston was about an hour and a half, two hours away, but it's a stark comparison to like, I mean, real small town life is what I grew up in. So two hours away, it was like a whole different world. Uh, So I moved to Boston at uh, 19 and didn't know anybody. Uh, I was so naive, moved (laughs) with barely any money in my bank account. And I just like, got for a Craigslist roommates and just swung in just to see what happened. That's awesome though. Like that was so brave, you know, like so brave, so crazy though. But it was almost that, like that feeling of, I I don't want to do what I'm doing. You know, like what I'm doing now is almost too painful. It's painfully boring, painfully unfulfilling that anything has to be better than this. So why not just go for it? And I mean, the motivation I was, terrified. was pain, basically. Sometimes the pain has to get really big. That's what I always say. And then exactly. before you change anything, right? So, yeah, yeah. And the, the pain for me was really that like in the moment I was miserable too, but I was 16 or 18, however old I was, I was a teenager and my life was really, I, I mean, I hadn't been around for that long. And so looking forward, I'm like, I don't want to live my life. I want to be 50 and cleaning a hospital, like these other women who are equally just as miserable as I am. Right. Like, I don't, I don't want to be here. I don't want to live in this world if that's what I'm in for. So I'm just going to go for it. And it sounds like so extreme. I am an extreme person, but I was, I was like, well, peace out. I'm not living in this world. If that's what I love it. Yeah. So then I was like, that gave me the permission to just try anything Mm. because I wasn't going to accept what I had. Couldn't get much worse kind of, right? Yeah. I mean, I totally could have, but at 18, 19, I was like, this is awful. This is the worst life ever. You know, what was me? Yeah. Uh, it felt really bad. So yeah, I left, went to Boston, quit my jobs there. Um, so many crazy stories that I could tell about that. I was like working at a sperm bank and it was just oh. gross. I know not my, I was like, what is you happening? You did a lot of random stuff then. Huh? A lot of random stuff. Yeah. And so I ended up leaving Boston after a while, moved to California. Like I just kept trying and there are like many amazing stories and 
so much growth and good times that I can look back on, but none of them actually ever lasted, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm that type that I've heard other people say this too. Like they get maybe three, four or five months into something. And then it's like, no, that's not right. And then they leave or they quit or something happens. And it's, I don't know if this is like a type of person, but they'll start something. And like they either, I used to have the mentality in my head that I never will finish anything. I'm a starter, not a finisher. And I don't believe that about myself now, but in the past, I started all of these different experiences. Yeah, it's funny. I had the same idea and some, and and I know that so many people do too. They think I'm a starter. I just start all these things and I can't ever stick to anything. And because you just haven't found the thing yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like now I'm like, oh, I've really stuck with this. Like this is something that I've seen Mm -hmm. through. And yes, it was hard, but I didn't think about quitting. Right. So it was just the right thing. But actually, in order to get myself to find that quote unquote right thing for me, I had to go out and try and quit so many other things. Like that was the only way to do it. Totally. And that's, I think also what I see so many people not do is that they don't go out and try out a lot of shit or experiment and just see what happens. They're like in their brain sitting there like, okay, what's my thing? What am I going to do for the rest of my life? And then they get stuck in here and nothing's ever really going to be figured out up here when it comes to following your soul's calling and, uh, and they don't get into action. And so I think that that's just a really great example of, okay, I tried out a lot of stuff and eventually I hit the one thing that that was it. Kind of like meeting the love of your life in terms of career, you know, <laughs> it's just, yeah. um, some people are lucky, right? They like find the one thing, the love of their life. I mean, it's the same with relationships, right? Some people just True. one partner, <laughs> but how rare is that? Right. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm probably going to have to like move again or go travel again to find a partner. Like, I don't know, but I don't think it's going to happen living in like my little office right here where I work all day. Like I need to leave the house and go do things and actively participate to make that happen. Whether it's a partner or like, you know, a job or an experience or something outside of ourselves, we can't continue living life in the same exact way and expecting Um. new things to come. Totally. Yeah. Isn't that, what's that, that, that quote, isn't it something like stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Yes. Insanity. Insanity. That's a stupidity. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's true. But it's so easy to like stay in our comfort zone and be like, well, I just wish this would happen. Like maybe, maybe someday it will come true, but it's like someday is actually right now and you're not doing it. You're not doing anything to make that happen. Totally. And so, okay, so you tried out a lot of stuff and then, and then what happened? What, the, what was then that deciding thing or that key that opened up the door for coaching for you? So during this whole journey of like leaving, traveling, I bought a van and I lived in it for a while, like all of these different things. And travel has been like a huge part of my story, but it doesn't mean that everybody has to go travel in order to have these experiences. But Uh, a lot of it revolves around this. I was still working online and I was kind of the assistant um, business manager for a lot of other big name coaches. And I was very comfortable being behind the scenes. I was super happy to just be like, no, I don't, I don't technically like I had a business, of course, my business was supporting other people, but I'm not, I wasn't like the star of the show. I didn't have social media pages. I didn't have a website, anything like that. It was just very quiet behind the scenes. And I thought I was good there. And 
when you're the supporting role, it's an amazing position to be in, but it's intense. It's maybe I would even go to say more intense than being the person in the front, you know, that's on stage because you're responsible for that person. And it's not just like the, the work duties of the business, it's supporting every part of them. So I was at a young age doing this for multiple people for years Um, and I was going through a lot, you know, I was struggling with like, what do I want to do? Like, this is cool. I like this, but I'm a young kid. I struggled with mental health, with anxiety and depression. I struggled with my sexuality. I struggled with what do I even want? And going through that. And I mean, I did have a lot of growing up to do as well as pretty immature, but going through all of that and being a support person for such mm-hmm. high level people at a young age, it just like was not working. Wow. Um, a lot of responsibility. Eh? A lot. And I mean, I was good, but I was only good to a certain extent, like, right. Like our lives can only go so far. It's like mm-hmm. the, um, the ball and chain, like you're, you're dragging that with you. And unless you like actually deal with it to take it off, it's going to come. So as far as my career would go, the, as far as I could support another person that would go great. But then it's like, Oh, there's this other problem. So mm-hmm. I could be so great for some people and turn around in my own life and just be like a complete mess. And, you know, it manifested in an eating disorder and I was just losing weight so rapidly. Wow. And my life just, I couldn't, I couldn't keep doing it. I was like, I'm done. I just can't keep doing this. And at that point I was like 23, 24. And I was like, I want to be a kid. I just want to be a kid. And by kid, I meant like, I want to go party. (laughs) My intention was, I was like, I want to go have fun. I want to like, yeah, like go dancing and like, yeah. So I did. Mm -hmm. And I mean, subconsciously, I probably knew that it wasn't the healthiest thing, but I was like, that just seems fun. So I got a job bartending. I was working at a club, like I get all dressed up in my mini skirt and go serve drinks. And it was wild. Um, and it obviously just resulted in a very like crazy roller coaster lifestyle. And that only lasted for about six months. After that, though, I really felt that I had hit rock bottom because Mm -hmm. I still hadn't dealt with any of the mental health issues I had. And then we added on like an environment of drugs and alcohol. Yeah. You know, and really the other, yeah, the people that are in that lifestyle too, like they're not healthy. So I had unhealthy relationships and people that I was dating and it was just like, what is my life? Mm. So finally, you know, and this is where you hear like so many people talk about rock bottom. I finally got to the point where I was like, I don't care what I have to do, but I will do anything to get myself out of this. So I walked my butt into therapy and I said to the therapist who I had seen previously, and I just like never really did the work. And I said, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. It terrifies me, but I will do whatever it takes. And From that moment on, it took years of like figuring it out. But from that moment on, then I started to really look at like, okay, well, what is my future? And what do I actually want? Because I never actually spent time looking at that. And that's when I really started to love life coaching and business coaching and marketing and seeing what could come from me creating a life around a business or creating a business around my life. And once I started looking towards the future, once I started wanting something better for myself, rather than I was just constantly running and running and running away from my problems, then I started to fall in love with what I'm doing. 
Mm-hmm. So since really that point in my life, everything's kind of come together and my business has grown as well. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, as many of us, we need to go to that really dark, dark night of that soul and experience that and hit rock bottom a few times really hard until we're bruised. Frustrating. <laughs> yep. I'm like, can it's I just skip over that? But, yeah, yeah. but it's just, that's how we humans grow, right? That's just... Yeah. It, I don't know. I, I keep thinking about that too. Like, how can we not have to go through all of that shadowy stuff and just get to the good stuff? But I just, yeah, I think humanity is, it's just all about polarities and, and dark and, and light. And on the other hand, you know, I, I guess, you know, now you're looking back and also me looking back on, on my life and my, my rock bottoms, you know, I'm so grateful that they did happen, you know, and that they did wake me up because otherwise I'd be still walking around sleepwalking basically, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like thinking about like, you know, because we can have so many rock bottoms, but thinking about where we were both at, at a rock bottom state. And it's like, would you still want to live life that way? And I'm like, exactly. Right. Would you want to go back when, when you were 24 or something? And you know, the collective no. consciousness you had then, like never, you know, it's almost like seeing like a little sad puppy crying in the corner. And I'm like, Oh, I just want to help you because now I know so much or I can feel so much. I can feel so good. And I didn't know that back then. Yeah. So totally worth it. Just so painful. So, so, so painful. painful. Yeah. I think, but also, you know, that's also how we're conditioned and yeah, it's painful, but we're also conditioned to resist the pain, right. And to resist mm. these dark times rather than, yeah. which I had to eventually, you know, discover is like, well, actually it's about inviting them in all that, all that pain, actually really feeling it rather than constantly pushing it away. And, and, uh, it's, it's just interesting. The idea that we have of, you know, when we go through challenging times and when we're struggling. And uh, it's almost as though we need to upgrade our own minds and, and our bodies as well as we go through these processes to come out the other end. And obviously, when you tell someone who's in it for the first time and who's really suffering, they don't understand because, you know, they're, they're just, they're losing themselves so hard in that pain. And so you were saying that you were going through a lot of depression and anxiety and and also um, struggles with your sexuality. Can you maybe expand on that a little bit, where you think maybe that came from and what helped you to actually overcome all of that? Yeah, so like I said, growing up in a very small town, my immediate family, I'm an only child, so my mom and dad, they are super, super supportive. But growing up, I didn't know anybody who was gay. <laughs> Same or, thing. Like, <laughs> people on TV. And even that, it was like, Back then, I mean, because I'm, I'm 28, like borderline 30. So this is like the 90s that I grew up in. And even though that's relatively not that long ago, the 90s was a totally different world. You know, <laughs> you, don't, you don't come out. You don't talk about gay. You don't talk about being married. I mean, it was illegal. So my world, I was like, that's just it's not possible. Like, it's not going to happen for me. And I love children. And growing up, I, I just thought I'll never have kids. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll never really get married or have kids or anything like that. So I really, or I thought I could never do it the way I want to. So mm-hmm. you're probably going to have to like date a man, Courtney. And I wanted to, because I was like, all my friends were having boyfriends. And I was like, why don't I want to? When, when did you realize you were gay though? Um, so I officially came out when I was 15. Oh, so I, I, was, I was pretty young. And I probably realized, like, maybe I was, like, 14 or 15 that I actually, like, kind of realized it to myself, you know, and admitted it. And 
I came out to my parents and my friends at school, but not my extended family. I never introduced myself as a gay woman to new people. So it was just that, that group at that age that knew, and I continued to kind of like go in and out. And I was never in and out of the closet to say, and I was never like outwardly gay. I don't necessarily have the, the stereotype. I don't, I just don't talk about it too much. I'm like, it is something that's part of me. I am proud of it, but it's not something that most people would just know by looking at me, you know, and assuming. So my, my life, I came out very, very early in my life, but I never had a girlfriend that was in a serious relationship that I ever lived with. I never like any job that I had, I didn't ever tell them. So I basically was like in the closet, even though my personal, like people surrounding me in my life knew. And I had, I, I mean, I don't know when I was necessarily diagnosed with anxiety or depression, but I feel like it's been most of my life. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with being gay mm-hmm. and my acceptance and comfortability with it. And just so not. shame that comes with that. <laughs> that yeah. we feel, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so much shame and it's so much to look at what's possible. I mean, now it's a totally different world, but kind of Mm -hmm. tapping into that energy of 15 years ago, like there, I didn't have a future. Mm -hmm. And I think that also contributed to why I lived my life so recklessly and tried so many different things. Cause I was like, well, I don't have a future. I'm not gonna like have kids and settle down and have a house with a picket fence. Like that's just not in the cards for me. I can't do that. Right. You know, one, cause I was like, well, it's just not possible. It's also illegal. And it's just blah, blah, blah. Like I had so many blocks around that. And I was like, I'll never invite my family to a wedding. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just had so much locked around that, even though like I could date people in my life, it just yeah. wasn't my future. Yeah. And so for a long time, I tried to date men and by dating men, I mean, I would like talk to them, but that's as far as it would go. <laughs> And so like, I was always the Courtney, the single girl for like 10 years until I finally was like, all right, all right. Yeah. Like this is clearly it's not working. I don't like, cause everyone thought, oh, she's just picky. I'm like, no, I'm not picky. <laughs> like I just don't like any of them. It's yeah. all right. So yeah, it was, a, it was a long time of like, I was okay with it personally. I just didn't think the world would be. And as society has grown, as there's been, obviously, marriage is, uh, is legal in America now, and kind of this new generation of millennials or even the generation coming up behind them, like, they're so supportive. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I wish I grew up with you all because you're so welcoming. And my age group was like, on the cusp of it, but like, you not not where I grew up so also with social media you know like we didn't have that back then and we couldn't have just gone on social media and looked for lesbian or gay role models you know or people that inspiring yeah you google you google that thing in like 15 years ago and you don't have anything like good coming up I mean yeah anything to feel accepted at least so yeah that resulted in a lot of anxiety a lot of depression a lot of screwed up relationships Mm -hmm. and because I wasn't talking about it and my friends aren't gay I didn't know what was normal and they couldn't say like here's this other person who's gay you guys should be friends and talk about it or anything like that so I felt very alone in my life and figuring myself out and really I would only say within the last couple years that I've really fully embraced it 
And especially in having such a public profile online, having a business and representing my company, I never talked about being gay. Mm. And especially that, you know, those past 10 years that I've been doing this, it never came up. And I thought, I can't ever say that I'm gay Mm -hmm. because one, I don't look it. And then two, if they know, they won't buy from me. Like what if I had this whole thing and it's, I'm not against religion in any way. I just didn't understand it, but I was like, well, what if they're religious and they will not buy from me because I'm gay and then I'll lose money because of my sexual preferences. And like, it's just so silly. And I'm sure like maybe there are a few people who are out there who would choose someone else and that's fine. I'm like, well, I don't want to work with you anyway, mm-hmm. but I was really afraid of that. And now I think social media and branding and having a business online is changing so much that it's almost a bonus to have something unique about you. you know? I'm like, yes, I'm gay. That is me. Like I can own that. That's me. I'm part of that tribe, you know, versus hiding it, which I did for so long. And it feels so good to just say it, and own it. So liberating, right? When you just fully embrace it um, offline and online and whatever you do. And I mean, you are very open and and very transparent and very uh, vulnerable on your social media channels and on Instagram. And um, and so if I remember back then, um, you know, a few years ago when, when I was, I was still, I was a travel blogger, uh, mm-hmm. here in Germany I had a big travel blog and I was holding back so much of my personal life and my sexual identity. I mean, I kind of looked at more, but I still never really talked about it. And, and man, it was like, it felt like I was, I don't know, I just wasn't really me and it didn't feel right. And it made me really depressed actually, because I was like, people are only seeing like this compressed small little version of myself, but not actually the full rainbow, right? <laughs> Gay puns. <laughs> And so, but once I started, you know, like I did a video on my coming out story and I was scared shitless to, to share that yeah. maybe like three years ago now, but man, it was one of the best things I've ever published, you know, uh, it was so liberating. And then all the comments from so many other people who related to my story and who felt now connected to me because of that and holy shit. So it's been so powerful, but I want to, I want to talk about you know, being visible online and, vis- and vulnerability a little bit later on. But thanks for sharing, sharing that part. That was really awesome. And to shift gears a little bit, because I do want to talk about you as a coach and you coaching life coaches and wellness coaches, because I have I've quite a few listeners and people following me on social media who are wanting to dive into that sort of business or who just got started. And I think uh, one question that I have to get into that topic a bit is uh, what are good skills to have as a life coach or life and wellness coach? Like what is something, what are, what are a few things that you would see as like, those are the have tos, like you gotta, gotta kind of bring that into the game or be willing to learn or what's that? Mm. Okay. So the first thing that actually pops in my head, I don't think I would normally say this, but it just popped into my head is that if you're going into this wellness coaching or life coaching business to make money, get out. Like that's, that's not it. Yes, you can make real good money. Like it's, it's a business and it can support your life and bring amazing things. But if, I mean, as a life coach, just the name of it, you're supporting somebody else's life and helping them heal themselves or, you know, achieve certain things. And if that's not your number one, 
reason, if you don't have that, that drive to help other people, mm-hmm. it's just not going to work. It's mm-hmm. like that story I was talking about earlier with the ball and the chain. Like you can only go so far to help other people if you haven't, you know, kind of dealt with this other part of yourself or if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So you yeah. don't have the best of intentions. With that one out of the way, I would say to be a life coach, to be a wellness coach, one, you don't actually have to be great at marketing because there's people like me, there's people like you, there's other people out there who have those strengths that can like teach you how to do that. As a life coach, skills to coach other people, and I'm not a technical life coach. I never started as that. I'm just good on the business side of it. So I can't really say to life coaching, but I think if you, if you know how to help another person, if you've been through something probably pretty shitty, which most of us have, and you've kind of gotten through it, then you can turn around and say, Hey, I went through this. Did you go through this? If you did, I can help you. And that in general is a life coach. That is someone who can help other people. And you only need to be someone like you don't have to be you know, fixed and cleared and you never struggle with that again, you know, like me, I have anxiety and depression. It comes and goes. Yes. It's a lot less than it used to be. I can manage it, but it doesn't mean that I can't ever help anybody that has anxiety and depression just because I still experience it. Sometimes what I've done is figure out a way that works for me. That doesn't stop me from living my life. And in a wellness life coaching business, you just have to know a strategy that worked for you in your life and turn around to help other people doing it. That's the core of a business. Mm-hmm. Everything else you can learn. You can learn how to market yourself. You can learn how to like get a photo shoot and write stories and be, be vulnerable online. That all comes with starting a business. But at the end of the day, if you can turn around and help somebody with something that you've been through personally, that's a business. You can make that into something to support you. Totally. Because also, you know how a lot of people think they got to have all their shit together before they go out and help people. (laughs) Uh, I don't think any of us do. If you do, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say there's probably something wrong that we can find. (laughs) Oh, definitely. But I think there's just so many excuses, not not even excuses, but limiting beliefs that people can Mm -hmm. come up with to hold themselves back from doing what they actually want to do. And and one of those big ones is, oh, I don't have all my shit together yet. I can't help anyone. Or I don't know anything about marketing. I don't know how to build a website. Well, these days you don't even need a website really to get going, no. right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've literally, I mean, for those years, I was, that was probably like eight or nine years that I didn't have a website. Right. Wow. You know? And I was self-employed and it was just word of mouth. And yes, it's harder. Like, yes, you have to do different strategies for that, but like it exists. You don't have to, I've never had a business card. And I think that's one of the first things people run to, you know, online is make a business card. I'm like, why? Where are you going to give that out? Cause I don't give them out. I've never needed one ever. So there's all these things that we kind of think we need, but at the end of the day, you really don't. There are some stuff, you know, you can use social media, you can learn all of those, but you really don't need that much. You really don't. You don't need a business card. You don't need a website, obviously. You don't, you don't need a logo or anything like that. But what do you need? So someone feels that calling, you know, they kind of figured it out somehow because they use trial and error. And, uh, and then they're like, okay, I think that's it. I've helped friends of mine or whatever. How do I, well, what are those first few steps that you recommend for people to do? 
Okay. Well, in today's like day and age, most of us or most of the people that I work with want to have their business online. They want to have clients like your clients and my clients are all over the world and they use social media. So typically it's Facebook or Instagram. Sometimes it's YouTube, whatever the platform may be. Most of my clients work on Facebook and Instagram. So I would say make those two profiles with using social media one thing to remember is that it's a social platform. You still have to be a real person. You still have to share who you are, your day-to-day, like show us your dog, show us your kid, show us, and I don't have either of those. So I talk about my garden <laughs> and like, yeah, I've always been like a weird gardening freak. I'm a vegetarian, so I love vegetables, but I made it into like a thing that people like think of me in my garden. And people say it all the time, I'm like, really? That's interesting to you? But it is. It became you have an thing. awesome desk. I saw the post on, on your Instagram the other day. Where See, like that. I'm like, why is that a big deal? But it is just like that. It's part of who you are. And people, you know, kind of brand you with those personal stories, those personal touches, what your desk looks like from your childhood or your hobbies, things like that. So it's a mix of still being a real person online, but also bringing in that fact that you can help other people. And this is more on a branding side, but when you're starting a business, when you want to go into life coaching, generally a lot of people will say, I want to be a goals coach. I want to help people achieve their goals, or I want to help people feel their best life, you know, and it's very vague and it's like, well, cool that me too. Like I want to do that. But what does that actually mean to people? Because my best life is going to look a lot different than yours. And anybody else's. And then everyone's like, well, I can help anybody live a best life. And yes, that's totally true. And I can help lots of people start a business, but I've narrowed myself down to these wellness coaches and life coaches because that's what I can be known for now, because I'm that person to go to for that. So when you're going to be a life coach, you do need to pick an area and a goal that you're going to help people achieve, a specific one, not just like goals in general, but like, are these you know, what age group of people are these like middle-aged moms or are they new moms or are they not moms at all? And they're college kids, you know, like what kind of person is this and what kind of goals do they want to achieve? If you can figure that out specifically, like I help college kids fix their, you know, choose a career that they want. Byproducts of that is like, yeah, you help them achieve goals. You know, they're probably experiencing a lot less anxiety. Their relationships are improving. They're getting healthier, but that's all a byproduct of now they know their direction in life of what career they're choosing. You know, so once we figure that out, specifically what you can do, then you're able to market yourself on these social media platforms and target the right people. Yeah, totally. I also think as you go through that process of figuring out who you want to be as a life coach and who you're here to serve and share your gifts with and just like finding that clarity is just also so empowering. I feel like it's it's really motivating way more. I just had a, a mastermind a weekend uh, last weekend in, in Holland with a few girls and just getting more clear on my own messaging again, you know, and my values and, and my mission and my why and just you know, doing it all over again, like it's so powerful and it's so motivating. And and so I think um, that's a really good point that you're making right there. And that how, you know, these days, I mean, you know, a lot of people do say, oh, there's, you know, there's already so many people doing what I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, the, the space is crowded. You know, there are a lot of life coaches. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, there's still ways to be unique. And And what do you say to people who say that to you? 
<laughs> I giggle. <laughs> I've, I've been doing it for so long that like, I don't want to say I don't relate anymore, but I almost like, you hear the same kind of resistance lines over and over again. So every time I hear there's so many people, I'm like, yeah, there is, but there, I mean, it's going to be totally cheesy to say this, but there is only one you, right? Like your story of even like, we have similar stories of probably anxiety and depression and coming out of the closet, like that's similar, but what you went through is probably a world of difference from what I went through and things that I can help. I can turn around and help other people through that is totally different when we are struggling, just us as, as the coaches, when we want help with something or from a person, we look to someone who's like us because it's like, Hey, I'm most comfortable with you. You seem like me. I feel like I could know you and you've been through what I've been through. I feel like I've exactly gone through that and you're, you're up there now, like you've made it. So I can hire you to help me. That's what we're doing for other people. So we actually do have to kind of look at our unique story and bring that into play. Because if you don't have that, then you are just the general. And why should anybody pick you as the life coach to work with versus, you know, someone else that has a better story that they connect with. And that's where this difference is that you do have to pick and say, yes, there's so many other people out there doing the same thing, but I'm different because of my story. I'm different because of exactly what I went through. And there's other people who are going through this too. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, as the life coach, almost be known and have that platform for what you can help other people with so that they can find you and say, oh, I know you. I don't know you know you, but like I know you. So I'm going to hire you to help me because you clearly get what I'm going through. Yeah. Well, you're mirroring back something that I have within me, right? We're all just... You yeah. Know, some people exactly. are more reflections of ourselves um, in the way that we speak, our stories, our challenges, or, you know, whatever. And yeah, I totally feel the same way. And, you know, there's there's enough information out there. I mean, it's not about information anymore. <laughs> like, I feel like oh, it's, no. it's all out there, right? And so, in one way or another, we all want to help people. And, and in you know, many ways, a lot of these approaches might be very similar. But I think in the end, what it really comes down to, it's not about information and strategies necessarily. I think it really is about the story and who you really are and, and what's behind that facade that we like to show up um, on social media because it's so much easier to show off the good stuff, right? <laughs> I agree. No, it's so true. Like if you think about what we have on Google, like you can go, I think it's Harvard. You can take classes that are at Harvard University. I could be wrong on what college, but I'm pretty sure you don't get a college degree for taking the courses. But if you ever wanted to say on your resume, like, yeah, I attended classes at Harvard for four years. I have a bachelor's degree and whatever. Maybe it's not official, but you spent the time learning it. It's there. That is possible just by Google for free. Yeah. And that just takes the self-discipline. No, I have not done that, but it's possible. And anything that, you know, I will broadly say this, but anything that I'm teaching or you or anybody else, the information's out there for free. Yeah. Like the information that you've probably put out and that I've probably put out on the internet could run an entire business. Like yeah. You wouldn't actually have to sign up for coaching by me or you or anybody else because it's all out there. The only difference is that one, we're humans, we're based on a social, you know, social, not platform, but a social world. We need other people to kind of hold us accountable, keep that motivation up, tell us that we're like not going crazy while we're doing this. Yeah. And 
that's why we invest in coaches. That's why people buy from other people or, you know, do anything that they do is because we need each other to do it. We do. And yes, we're, we have good content, good strategies, good whatever. We're good at what we do. But if it was really about the content or the information, like you can Google it and figure it out. So it's not about that at all. Exactly. And I mean, there's only going to be more information, right? But there's always, yeah. always only going to be one version of me and one version of you. And, um, and I also think that I've been working with life coaches and business coaching myself. Um, like hiring them to help me with my stuff for years, actually. And ever since I started doing that, holy shit, man. <laughs> like stuff just like expanded and just yeah. fireworks. I mean, not always easy, obviously, but... Um, oh, no, not at all. But amazing. Yeah, I hire coaches too. Like I, everybody does, I, in my opinion, if you're in this industry, like I think everybody else needs a coach. Everybody probably needs a therapist. We all need other people. It doesn't stop just because, oh, so this is like, this is where I get on my soapbox <laughs> <laughs> talking about mental health and like in this coaching industry. But like when we suddenly slap on this title of coach, whether it's life coach, business coach, whatever it is, we suddenly like... I feel like we stop being real. We stop being human. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm now this expert. I'm in this position to help other people, which means I don't struggle anymore, which is just so crap. And it's the thing is like, when you, you hit a certain level, right, of going through life of what you've been through, and then you can turn around and start helping other people. But once you start having a business, It's like experimentation 2.0 of putting yourself under the microscope and like life kind of blows up when you start a business. Like you think totally. life's going to kind of like calm down. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. And I think even more, it's, it's even more expansion that you need even more like support and understanding about who you are as a person. Yeah. So we don't stop learning. We don't stop struggling or, you know, kind of hitting that like, growth edge, we actually need to have more coaches. So if your life coach or business coach says they're good and they don't get support anymore, it's actually a red flag for me. Cause I'm yeah. like, well, I know that I need that. And I'm probably going to need it in 10 years too, because I'm going to hit a new level yeah. of life and business about who I am. So I don't think that process ever ends. And it doesn't mean that we've suddenly hit a level that we don't struggle anymore. It just Total. evolves. Totally. And, and I also so appreciate any life coach out there who has the balls or the vagina to actually share <laughs> their struggles in sort of real time or, you know, or, or in retrospective. But because that's so, I don't know, I find that so uh, inspiring, you know, because showing, because that shows other people, other life coaches, hey, we, d like, we don't need to have our shit together all the time, no matter what your profession is, no matter if you're a therapist, a life coach, or whatever it is. Like, it's just so retro almost to, to, to display or to, to only show off the good stuff, you know, um, yeah. online. And I don't take anyone seriously who really only shares the good shit. I'm just like, okay, next. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's true. I think a lot of us are scared. I mean, even me too. Like I'll post, I mean, a lot of the stuff you're saying about my content, like it's edgy for me. Mm. And I know that I can go so much further. I can go so much deeper in the vulnerability of what I share. But even for me, I think sometimes I'm like, well, am I going to go too far? Am I going to share so much that somebody's going to think that I'm not capable to help them? 
right? And it is a, a mixed, like, what's the perfect? It's like a perfect storm or perfect moment of like giving away so much vulnerability that you are a real person and you're sharing something that is a little touchy, right? Like sometimes I'm going to have a little bit of a vulnerability hangover when I put my stuff out there because it's scary. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is still real. This is fresh for me, but I am still a real person and I want other people to feel safe in that. But it's not so much that I am like kind of like word vomit all over the internet and crying and begging for help. And that's when you put yourself into that world that people won't come to you. Yeah. But it's okay to say like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. This is what I deal with. But yes, I can still help others. And there's a certain way to do that. We just don't have to go like totally, you know, a thousand degrees into the vulnerability and kind of put ourselves crying out there. I mean, I say crying, but like, you know, those, those deep intimate moments where we're kind of like sobbing on the floor saying like, what is my life purpose? Like, yeah, maybe, okay. In a week or two, you can talk about that and process it a little bit, but it doesn't mean you have to hide that completely. You can still share that. And that's actually what works. Like, just like you, like, I don't think you would have let me come on your podcast. Have I like not ever shared these intimate moments? And it's actually a bonus for me that I did. No, for sure. Definitely. That really stood out for me because I really enjoy reading your posts when they pop up on my social media feeds. I'm like, oh, there's Courtney. She's going to share some good (laughs) stuff again. Awesome. (laughs) But I also think that, you know, with with making ourselves vulnerable and and on social media and some people, they do ask me too, like, well, how do you know that this is good to share and you're just not vomiting out? And, And I'm like, well, you know, I just always think or ask myself, hey, is this valuable for someone else? Is this helpful? Mm-hmm. Me yeah. sharing this challenge right now. And usually it's, it can be very valuable when I'm not just sharing the challenge itself or what I'm going through, but something that I've learned from it or a lesson that I've gained from it, right? And if I can combine those two, the challenge, the struggle or the pain that I was experiencing, plus you know, I had a little bit of time. Sometimes it depends on the on the experience, right? It could be something right. you need a lot of time to kind of be able to reflect on it, you know? If it's like a really fresh wound, right? You might want to <laughs> just let that dry a little bit. Sometimes, you know, it only takes, you know, just maybe just a few hours or a day, depending, right? But so I, I, that's usually what I ask myself. It's like, hey, is this valuable for other people for me to share this? Can they learn from this? Can they maybe um, relate to this before I just sit down and, and vomit? And uh and so, yeah, I think that kind of gives a bit of a guideline, maybe. Yeah, it it puts you in that that credible source, that credible mm-hmm. way of like, oh, she gets it, but she can still help me. Yeah. It's putting yourself in that position as like the expert that's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm still human and I'm going through this, but also this is what I've gained from it. This is how I got through it. This is mm-hmm. how I'm currently going through it versus saying I'm healed from it, you know, and it's still remembering that you're someone that's able to help rather than someone who's asking for help because yeah. you've figured out the resources to cope with these things versus learning about that, you know? Yeah, totally. For sure. Do you remember though, when, as you, when you first sort of tapped into the, you know, making yourself vulnerable online and how that felt like and how yucky that also sometimes can be? <laughs> yeah. My, my first live video, um, I actually puked before the first live oh, video. Awesome. Oh, yeah. There's the anxiety coming up to play. Yeah. Cool. I, I got myself so hyped up that I just, I, I threw up and I mean, I did it anyways. It was super, you did super it anyways. Fun. What, what pushed you to do it anyway? Did you announce it before or what happened? I didn't announce it. No, because every time I announced it, I didn't do it. 
So <laughs> I kept, I kept like saying, okay, today's the day, today's the day or Monday's the day. And I'd go out another week. And then I had a coach that was working with me and she's like, Courtney, when are you going to do it? When are you going to, I'm like, well, this day I'll have my hair done and I can put some makeup on versus, and I kept pushing it out and pushing it out. So finally it was like enough. I don't care if I show up in my pajamas and my hair is like halfway up my head. I'm just doing it. And so I was like sweating too. So I went through like three, four different t-shirts because like my sweaty pits and you could <laughs> see it on camera. So I'd like go switch, put like some towels under my armpits, dry them off. And then I was like, oh crap went and puked and then came back on. So for me, it was that same, like what we talked about, I actually got so fed up. I got so sick of myself bailing out and getting so nervous and worked up about it and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. That was like, enough for me, just do it. So I finally got to that point where I was like, there's, there's no day, there's no perfect thing. It's going to be a hot mess anyway. So finally did it. And I don't even remember what I talked on. I don't think it was anything Oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember I was going to talk about my mental health journey because at that point I wasn't talking about it. And I had kind of hinted towards it, but I never like said I had an eating disorder. I have depression. I never like labeled anything. And I was terrified. Holy crap. It's just my personality and the extremes. I tried to go like so far into it. I'm like, this is going to be the best first live ever. It's going to go viral. Everyone's going to love it. And it so wasn't. And I don't know why I felt the need to make it so perfect and so like huge and this amazing transformative first video live because it's not. So once I let go of that and I taught about like a business thing, I taught like marketing strategies, which is so like, boring and normal to me to talk about that. It didn't phase me at all to talk yeah. about that stuff. And eventually I was able to talk about my mental health journey, the stuff that scared me. So not only did I one, I tried to go way far into the perfectionism to have like the best thing ever. And I also wanted to talk about something that was super, super vulnerable to me, whether it was a live video or a post, like I didn't talk about any of that ever and doing a live, which I'm a super introvert. So I hate being on camera and especially with like no control as to what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know why I tried to do that. So once I let go of like, okay, it's going to be a mess. I'm going to talk about something that I truly know about. Like I could talk about business all day and not really get these. I just, I was like, okay, it's just, it's going to be messy. I it's not going to be perfect. And I'll probably delete it after. <laughs> and then I was able to do it, but I had like built it up to such this big, enormous thing that it was so, it didn't need to be so big, yeah. you know? And I think maybe for everybody listening, like what we're doing, we're probably working it up in our minds or to be something so much bigger, or so perfect. And it doesn't need to be. Oh man, we're turning things into such big monsters in our brain, <laughs> right? And we get stuck with that. And then we, like what you were doing, you were trying to be really perfectionistic about it, which really is only a way to make it even harder for ourselves to get started, right? right. Because, and like, yeah, man, like that, it's really something, because I get so many people say how much they would love to make videos or you know share their stuff on social media or even or do live streams or whatever and but they just can't do it they're so afraid and they they can't find that piece of courage that 
takes them to the other side. And do you also work with clients like that who's struggling that way? And how do you get them to, to do it anyway? <laughs> Sometimes so you just want to grow. I know. It's so hard. Yeah. When you were just talking, I was like, oh, if I like when I was afraid to do lives and I was thinking of how perfect I want them to be, if I watched all of my videos now that I did, like I would probably cringe. Yeah, don't I, don't rewatch. <laughs> yeah, I would probably be like, these are awful. What am I doing? And I would have deleted all of them. But that is what actually works is just getting messy. And there's no perfect live. Like it just doesn't happen. And my judgment of what I've done, like I'm actually kind of nervous now, like maybe I should go look at these, but you know, <laughs> the stuff that I've created, like it isn't perfect. And I finally just had to let go of that. But for my clients that are afraid, I, I think because I talk about being an introvert and how much I actually resist and don't enjoy putting myself out there. Um, I attract a lot of those same types of people as well. <laughs> and they look to me and they're like, please don't make me, you know, please. And they're like puppy dog eyes. And I'm like, oh God. And my heart goes out because I know how like torturous it feels to do these activities, you know, business tasks. And I'm like, look, you don't have to. And I'm never going to force you to do anything. But if you don't, you need to accept the fact that you're missing out on this mm -hmm. because the reason that I've got you as my clients is because I was willing to put myself out there. Right. I was willing to put the platform and put a voice out there that says, this is what I do. Yeah. And if you're not willing to do that, like then you may not have a business or you may not grow to the level that you want it to be. Yeah. And if you're cool with that, that's fine. If you're not, then like, yes, you know, I, a little bit of tough love, but like suck it up and do a live video and kind of get over yourself. And they don't like that. <laughs> I say to them, I was like, you're probably going to hate me. You're probably really not going to like me for a while, but this is what will run a business. You know, for them, I say, you know, in real life things of putting the vulnerability out there. And I said, you can always do it for the replay. Mm -hmm. And if it's not a video, if it's just a post, you can always take it down. Yeah. You're in control of that. So if it's something that is vulnerable for you to share about, give it an hour or two, see how it does. You know, you shouldn't measure it by the likes, but if you're two hours into it and you're like, I want to die, you know, this is embarrassing and I hate it. And what am I even doing? I'm questioning everything. And I'm like, just delete it. Just right. delete it. It's okay. You tried it, which is huge. And now you've grown from that. And maybe now we shift directions or maybe it does fantastic, but it, you won't know until you do. But in the back of their minds, I always tell them either do it for the replay, like don't expect people to jump on and have great engagement while you're doing these videos and anything like that, but do it for the replay and know that you can always delete it and try a different thing next time. Even if you, like I did a live video, I had this brilliant idea. I was listening to another podcast and it got my, my mind going and I was like, I'm going to go live right now. And it was a super hot day in the summer. I was parked outside of a grocery store and I shut my car off and had all the windows up. And I was like a hot dog in the car. I did and that I started, before too. Like, you saw it? No, no I've, I've, I, saw, I think I saw it, but I also, I've done this before myself. Oh, you did it too. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know why. I just was so hyped up. I'm very like emotional, like gut instinct person. I was like, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to go live. It's going to be so good. So I'm sitting hot in my car and I was like, I don't want to turn the car on because it's going to mess up the Bluetooth, the audio, but I want to open the doors in the grocery store. And I was just on live, like sweating, like sweat, just rolling down my face. And I'm doing this and wiping my forehead, wiping my, my chest and everything. And I was like, this is the nastiest live video I've ever done. And I finished it out and I was like, guys, I'm going to delete this and I'll re-record it later for those of you who are on. And I did, and I still deleted it. And everybody was like, that was really vulnerable of you. 
And in my face, like I looked really rough and my best friend messaged me. She's like, I'm really proud of you for doing that. And I was like, yeah, I didn't realize I looked like that. Right. And I didn't think I was going to start sweating that much, but I did. Oh. So I re-recorded it after, but like, at least I went with the energy and the momentum of, them, yeah. of the moment and I tried it. And totally. that's all I'd ask of my clients to do the same. Totally. Just to, to, to face that fear and whatever uh, barriers and the way to just do it anyway, really. Right. Because I think we can only really build confidence by taking action yeah. <laughs> because it's not going to just magically appear right? We're not going to magically feel confidence, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, no, you got to actually do the thing and then you yeah. feel confident and then you do it again, then you feel more confident and then boom, you know, they got it. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, my journey has been very, you know, one little step, another little step further and further and further. And then eventually you pour your heart out on social media, but that's not just like, you didn't just do that, you know? No, not at all. And the thing is, is like people will probably look at you and I and think we've been doing this for so long and have these platforms and think, oh, well, they don't struggle with it anymore or nothing scares them anymore. And it's like, I don't know for you, but I'll speak for myself. Like I am terrified most days, you know, and I know that once I do start getting comfortable with something or I'm like, I haven't had butterflies in a few weeks or anything like that. I'm like, oh, I need to push myself. I actually need to try something else and get a little bit edgy with it. Yeah. Because that's the only way that I'm going to grow. Yeah. So when you look up to other people who have already kind of achieved those things, don't think that it really ever kind of ends. It's yeah. just that we've understood that you just have to do it and get messy with it. And then there's a whole new level of stuff that's going to scare the crap out of you. Mm. You just keep going. Totally. And that's part of being an entrepreneur and <laughs> doing yes. this thing. Like the best personal development school and you grow so much in the process and, and that's the beauty of it. So yeah, wow. That's a, that's a beautiful way to slowly end this here. I have one last question that I want to ask you and that is because live your heart out. It's all about living a meaningful and fulfilling life. And I'm always interested what makes other people feel fulfilled and what is it in your life? What is it that makes you feel fulfilled on a daily basis? Uh, I'm such like, I don't know why I do this. This will speak more of me anyways, but I resist being cheesy so bad, but it's such a cheesy answer. And it is the connection, you know, like having a business and the money and all of that and the safety like that is huge. But at the end of the day, when I have, you know, clients that turn around and say, thank you so much, this was worth it. And thank you for your support and your friendship. And then when I have friends in my life and family in my life who come to me, and say the same thing. And I can say the same thing to them that at the end of the day, that fills me up. That is my heart wide open is being with the people that are around me at the end of the day. And as I said, like, I'm an introvert. I stay, you know, in my little like cave all the time, but being able to connect even as an introvert and have that, that environment where I can help others, they can help me and have that environment. I mean, that's, there's nothing that compares to that. Totally. And it's totally not cheesy either. So, <laughs> Okay, I'm good. I'm glad. <laughs> no, it was, was, was a great answer because I feel the same way for sure. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Courtney. So how can people find you or if they, you know, might need help with their own life or wellness coaching business? Um, how that, can they get in touch? Um, so my website is courtbaker.com. I'm sure it'll be on the show notes too, but that's for the businessy side. If you want to read the vulnerable content that we talked about and like the day to day, my gardening and all the weird things that I do, uh, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook under court Baker, C O U R T Baker. Those are the Instagram and Facebook. Those are the places where I hang out most. 
Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Courtney, thank you so much uh, for taking the time, uh, for your energies. um, And yeah, for everybody else, go out, hunt her down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And thank you for um, spending this hour with me, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Bye. Bye.